You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. We've been having some issues, technically, with our electricity. Yep. So, uh, things have been kind of hectic around here, and that's why we haven't done a podcast in a while. We want to let you guys know we're very sorry for that, and we're going to... uh, Come at you with some AEW talk. Yes, sir. We're going to start remedying that as best we can, get some options taken care of to get where we can get this going for the month of February. So let's get down to AEW talk and we're going to recap AEW's rampage from January 28th. Let's get it. John Moxley took on the acclaimed Anthony Bones with Max Caster. Wait, what? He did what? Took on the acclaimed Anthony Bones with Max Caster. Alright. You freaked out about that. Like, what? <laughs> do what? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. I don't like the acclaim. I guess that's why I'm talking crap. Obviously. I really don't care for him. Right, there you go. Moxley would wipe out Caster as the acclaim were making their entrance into the ring. Mox then wasted no time in German suplex Bowens. Mox then stomped a mud hole into Bones and then clubbed him with right hands. Mox ran Bones into the ring barricade. Mox, and Mox, and then, Mox and Bowens then brawled through the crowd. Mox tried to grab Bones, but Bones would pull back Mox's head and, and uh, in, hit him with the steel ring into the steel ring post. Uh, Bones then grounded and pounded Mox inside the ring. Bones then concentrated on Mox's shoulder, hitting a Russian leg, leg sweep. 
Bowens was looking for a ver vertical suplex, but Mox would counter by hoisting up Bowens and dropping him. Caster would grab Mox's boot, and the momentary distraction allowed Bowens to connect with a ripcord uh, neckbreaker. Outside the ring, Caster sent Mox head first into the ring post. I got pushed back for some reason. Again. And Bowens then climbed to the top rope, but Mox would jump up on the apron and rake Bowens back with his fingers. Bones then suplexed Moxley off the top rope for a near fall. Bones jumped off the top turnbuckle, but Bones, uh, but Mox met him with a boot. Mox was looking for a follow-up with a paradigm shift, but Bones elbowed him. Uh, then Bones charged at Mox and Box, uh, backdropped Bones out of the ring and straight down onto Caster to the arena floor. Mox rocketed to the outside of the ring with a topa suicida on Caster. Moxley tried to get back in the ring, but Bones punted him. Bones had Mox caught on the ropes and transitioned Mox into a DDT for a near fall. Mox and Bones exchanged fire with right hands. Mox was looking for the King Kong Lariat, but Bones hit Mox with a knee and, and a thrust kick. Moxley then walled Bones with a palm strike to the face and then jumping pile driver for a near fall. Moxley tried to roll up Bones, but Bones hit, uh, hit a knee and then the claim to fame for a near fall on Moxley. Bones then grabbed a boom box from the corner, but referee Aubrey Edwards yanked it away from him. As Aubrey went to the uh, get rid of the of the boombox, Caster tossed a chain to Bones, who wrapped his uh, wrapped it around his fist. Moxley had Bones' number and cut him off with a cutter. Caster jumped into the ring and charged at Mox, but Moxley managed to knock Caster over the top rope with a lariat. Uh, then Moxley knocked Bones uh, knocked off Bones' block with a King Kong lariat, and then finished him off with a paradigm shift to score the pin. Man, dude, sounds like a physical, physical match. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad to see, you know, Mox back and kicking ass because, uh, you know, it's it, it's pretty pretty crazy everything he's gone through. And uh, to take it out on the acclaim. All right, makes you happy. Makes me happy. During this match backstage, American Dragon Brian Danielson was keeping an eye on the monitor closely watching Mox's match. Yeah, he's had his eyes on Mox for a couple weeks now. Mm -hmm. um, when Mox came back and did his promo, you know, he uh, he met him at like the entrance area, and they kind of had this little this little stare down thing. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think uh, Brian Danielson wants a piece of the Mox. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, Be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Alright, so Andrade was backstage with Jose the assistant standing outside Sting's dressing room. Andrade stormed into the room. Darby Allen was sitting there and Andrade asked Darby, where is your boss? Darby laughed at the question. Jose the insistent, assistant, <laughs> assistant is what I meant to say, introduced Darby to Andrade. He is the kid. Finally, nice to meet you. I know you work for Sting, but I'm very busy. Andrade handed Darby an iPad with a business contract on the screen. Darby said, you really think I work for Sting? Why are we wasting our time having this conversation? I respect you as a wrestler, but man, you've lost your mind. I've lived in cars under the bridge, in parking garages. Money doesn't mean a whole lot to me. You can buy a lot of things, but my dignity isn't one of them. I think this business meeting is finished, so you guys can get the hell out. Jose, the assistant, placed his hands on Darby, so Darby pulled out a baseball bat. Andrade said, take it easy. I need to talk with your boss. And then that was the end of that segment. Boy, Andrade's not here trying to buy everybody off. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to trying to uh, be like a sports agent type thing, trying to buy everybody. Right. So, 
Pretty crazy, dude. It sounds like he's kind of um, being the uh, JBL of AEW. Uh, but I also think, too, it's like, what is his play? Like, why is he doing this? I don't get it. I think he really just wants to start something between Sting and Darby. and Maybe he is. Never kind of stir the pot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and actually, I didn't mean... Uh, I meant Million Dollar Man. Everybody's got a price, according to Don Dry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So... But, hey, we'll see what happens moving forward. All right, next up, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood took on Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson with the enforcer Arn Anderson. And, of course, Tully Blanchard was with, was with FTR. Cash and Lee would lock up. Lee would reverse a wrist lock, but then Cash applied a headlock. Lee Johnson tagged out to Brock Anderson, but not before hitting a step-up hurricanrana on Cash Wheeler. Uh, Dax Hardwood would tag in, and he and Brock chain wrestled to a stalemate. Brock and Lee hit a double back uh, backdrop on Dax. Lee then flattened Cash with a tope cone hero. And then, let's see here, he, Lee would follow that up with an assisted dive onto Dax from the outside. Lee Johnson hit a diving crossbody on Dax for a near fall. Cash ate a clothesline from Brock Anderson, and then Brock served up one to Dax. Brock uh, surprised Cash with a gut wrench suplex. Brock catapulted Cash into a kick from Lee. Brock nailed Cash with a DDT. Lee Johnson landed a big frog splash on Cash, but Cash was able to get his boot onto the bottom rope to stop the ref's count. Outside the ring, Brock confronted Tully Blanchard. Tully backed up and bumped into Arn Anderson. The enforcer chopped Tully in the neck. FDR was able to hit a stuffed pile driver on Lee Johnson and Dax pinned Johnson. Oh man. Sometimes that's how it goes, man. A little bit of distraction and mm-hmm. that's it, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah, it kind of sucks because, you know, if there wasn't so much distraction, this might have been a really good match. Absolutely. So, all right. So, we have a championship match next as Julia Hart with Griff Garrison took on TBS champion Jade Cargill with the smart Mark Sterling. Jade would put Julia in a stiff headlock. She followed that up with a shoulder block to Julia and then a powerful spinning backbreaker. Jade Cargill did push-ups in the ring, completely dismissing her opponent. Julia charged at Jade, but it was like running into a wall. Yeah. Julia caught Jade off guard, though, with a hurricanrana. Jade, though, would boot Julia with a pump kick and then finish her off with a Jade finisher. Jade Cargill is still the TBS champion. Who's going to stop her, dude? She is just a beast, and... Uh... You know, I think Julia Hart bit off more than what she could chew. and Well, there is a native beast still lurking. There might be, but I think Cargo could handle... Nyla Rose? Yeah, I think so. Uh, probably, but, you know, at least it would be a power versus power match. Yeah, it, it'd be a good match, but I just, uh, I don't know. Right. You never know, but probably what it's going to rely on is someone with some... Um, some athleticism like super speed yeah. to keep her on her feet off her, or on well, her like toes. Like you said, Nyla Rose, I mean, she, she could, could be power, yeah. She could match her power for power. In fact, she might even be more powerful than her. Right. So, I mean, it's it's possible. Um, But she, she's on a roll, dude. She is. And yeah. man, her, her physique is just phenomenal, dude. She's, she's tip top, dude. Right, I mean, and also we really, I wouldn't really be surprised if at any point we wouldn't also see, um, you know, just, I mean, she's TNT, I mean, not TNT, TBS champion now, but eventually when she drops that thing, she's going to go after Britt. Oh, yeah. And that AEW Women's Championship will be hard for Britt to keep on her. Definitely, man, because, 
I think Britt Baker's a good talent, but I don't oh, think is. I don't think she could. I don't think she could handle her to be honest. That's her. All right. So in typical AEW fashion, the night's main event is a, a tag, tag team, team match. match, but it is for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. As Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy with Christian Cage will put their titles on the line against Private Party, Mark Quinn, and Isaiah Cassidy with Big Money, Matt Hardy, and Blade. Man, that's that's a mouthful there, dude. Sorry. It is. (laughs) Alright, so the number two ranked Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gunn, were watching from ringside. The Gun Club distracted Jungle Boy before the match even started, allowing Isaiah Cassidy... He died to the outside of the ring with a tornillo onto Luchasaurus. Excuse me. Private Party then served up their gin and juice finisher on Jungle Boy at the start of the match. Cassidy covered Jungle Boy, but the Jungle Boy kicked out in the nick of time. Private Party then hit a neckbreaker foot stomp combo onto Jungle Boy. Mark Quinn covered Jungle Boy for another near fall. Private Party tried a leg drop frog splash combo, but Jungle Boy would roll out of the way. Luchasaurus tagged in, but Private Party immediately rolled to the outside of the ring. Luchasaurus followed them, but Blade jumped in his way. Luchasaurus then chucked Blade against the steel guardrail. Luchasaurus then grabbed Cassidy, picked him up, and then flattened him on the ring apron. Luchasaurus then jumped onto the ring apron and was going to chokeslam Mark Quinn, but Hardy hit Luchasaurus from behind in the knee with a steel chair. Andrade was sitting in a skybox with Jose the assistant. Andrade nodded approvingly in his investment in the A-H-F-O. Andrade Hardy Finance Officers or whatever the hell they're called. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they're called. Luchasaurus was able, though, to pace Private Party with double uh, clotheslines and made made a hot tag to Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy was a house of fire on on Private Party. Uh, Jungle Boy hit uh, Topa Suicidas on the Private Party. Luchasaurus then hoisted Jungle Boy on his shoulders. Isaiah Cassidy went for the crossbody press off the top rope. But Jungle Boy was able to reverse it, landing on Cassidy for a near fall. Private Party fired up and blasted Luchasaurus with their silly string tandem offense. Jungle Boy yanked Cassidy into the snare trap. Meanwhile, Mark Quinn broke up the snare trap with a shooting star press. Uh, party, uh, Private Party attempted a gin and juice again on Jungle Boy, but Jungle Boy was able to counter, though, with a destroyer on Cassidy. Jurassic Express shut down Private Party with their finisher, allowing Jungle Boy, Boy to pin Mark Quinn. The Gun Club, though, would jump into the ring and ambush Jurassic Express right after the match. Billy Gunn neutralized Christian Cage with a cheap shot. The Gun Club rammed Jungle Boy in the head with with his own tag team title. Billy Gunn then shoved Luchasaurus into a double belt shot from the Gun Club. Yeah, man, there's been some some heated words between these two tag teams. So this is not surprising at all. The Gun Club Mm -hmm. wants a shot at that AEW Tag Team Championship. Yeah. And I mean, they're deserving, dude. I mean, I think they've only what lost one match so far as a as a yeah, t- tag as a team. Tag team, yeah. So. so, and I think that was even before the new year when they always reset. When the new year starts, they always reset their records. So I don't think they've lost yet in twenty twenty two. Yeah. So. so I mean, this this is gonna set up for a good match. Uh, the match between Private Party seems mm-hmm. like it was a good match. Uh, you know, very well hard fought and uh, mm-hmm. just too bad as usual in AEW fashion they've got to uh, have outside interference at some point. Yeah. And it can come at the expense of a celebration. It's mayhem, dude. It's crazy. Absolutely. Always is with the 
AEW. So we're going to sh- uh, shift gears and move over to Dynamite. Let's do it, brother. So the opening match was supposed to be John Moxley taking on the Brian Kendrick. But if you hadn't heard, the Brian Kendrick had a viral video uh, making rounds on the internet. And so AEW pulled him last minute um, due to the controversial statements he made on the video. Um, and so Wheeler Yuta would replace Brian Kendrick to take on Moxley in the opening match. Yeah, I don't think we'll go in further deeper into this. No. In regards to what it's to, if you want to check it out, look it up on the internet. I yes. mean, it's, it's out there. Um, but, you know, the show must go on. So here we go. Yes, sir. All right. And you, uh, Wheeler Yuta was accompanied by Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Yuta would try for a drop kick, but Moxley would dodge it. Moxley stared uh, quizzically at Danhausen, who was standing outside the ring. Yuta did some chain wrestling and then hit a drop kick onto Moxley. Moxley left the ring, but Yuta tried for a Topa Suicida. Mox would catch Yuta and countered with a bulldog choke. Back in the ring, Yuta jumped off the turnbuckles, but Mox swatted him out of the air. Moxley then stomped Wheeler Yuta, and then Moxley followed that up with a pile driver onto Yuta. Or on Yuta, not onto on <laughs> then moxley applied a modifier stf on yuda but yuda would reach the ropes with his feet moxley poked yuda in the eyes and then chopped away at yuda's chest mox raked yuda's back with his fingers uh then yuda would headbutt to, uh used a headbutt to take moxley off his feet yuda splashed mox in the corner moxley tried to spike yuda with a ddt on the ring apron which he was successful doing outside the ring dan Housen placed or apparently placed a curse on Moxley, and the distraction was enough to allow Yuta to connect with a flying crossbody press over the top rope onto Max on Mox on the arena floor. Moxley rallied back, though, with a cutter. Mox went for a paradigm shift, but of course Yuta would manage to counter and squash Mox with a diving splash off the top rope for a near fall. Moxley nearly decapitated Yuta with a King Kong lariat. Mm-hmm. Moxley smashed Yuta with a paradigm shift and pinned him. The American Dan- uh, Dragon Brian Danielson would jump into the ring, and we have a little back and forth. But let's go over the match real quick. Yeah, man, this was a good match all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Yuta gave it all he got, but Mox is a he's a pit bull dude. When he's when he's ready to fight, mm-hmm. he he don't back down, and he won't give up until until he gets that W. So. Yeah. All right, so here we go. The interaction between Danielson and Moxley. Danielson, do you guys want to see us fight to the crowd? Uh, you know for a long time I wanted to see us fight too because you were different. I wanted to see what you had, but since you come back, we've seen a new John Moxley. Everyone give it up for John Moxley. Deep inside me, there's always been a part of me that wanted to test you. I was watching you, and as AEW World Champion, you were the best AEW World Champion. And if you had a little support, I think you'd still be AEW champion. Uh, that's when I realized that John Moxley and Brian Danielson shouldn't be fighting. We should be fighting together. Huh? Here's the deal. And I know everybody here loves AEW. I get it. I get it. There's no reason why some millennial cowboy should be the AEW world champion. And there's no reason why somebody dressed as a dinosaur should be AEW world tag team champion. There's no reason why somebody's main contribution to society's creating a vlog should be TNT champion. Listen, Mox, together, you and me, we could run this place, whatever we wanted. If we wanted to take some of these young guys, Wheeler, Yuta, he's coming out here with jokes like Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. What if we mentored Yuta or Daniel Garcia? 
or Lee Moriarty? What if we took them under our wings and traded the future of professional wrestling together? Even if they don't like me, they uh, they like what I'm talking about right now. So, John, I know there's a lot on your plate right now, so you don't have to answer right now. I just want you to think about the possibilities and all the positive things we can do. I want you to think about the greatness we can create and the legacy you want to leave. Daniel extended his hand. Mox seemed, to hes seemed hesitant and didn't shake Danielson's hand. Danielson then said, why don't you think about it? And that was the end of that. Interesting, interesting, dude. Uh... You know, two former WWE superstars. Mm -hmm. If they lock arm in arm on this, dude, AEW better watch out, period, because uh, these two men by themselves are a force to be reckoned with. But together, mm -hmm. talk about explosions, dude. The only problem I would see that this would not last too long is their egos? Is their egos, exactly. <laughs> the exactly. egos. Yes, their egos. Their egos would not mesh well together. Mm -hmm. um, but if we've seen anything from an egotistical uh, tag team that actually did work was Daniel, Bri Daniel Bryan mm -hmm. and Kane. It actually worked out pretty well. So, it's possible for them to, to work together, but... The thing is, like you said, their egos are so huge that mm -hmm. it's end up it's gonna end up it's gonna end up bad at the end of it. Yeah. So Yeah. But if they could manage to work together for even for a short period of time, that's gonna be a one hell of a period of time. Yeah. Of wrestling. Can, can you imagine if it's and then what if they add somebody else and yeah. then they make it kinda like a shield type thing? That'd be definitely interesting. I mean there's Great possibilities. Um, so we'll see what happens. All right, next You know step. who would be cool if they added? Hmm. If they added, uh, what's his name? The guy. What am I trying to think of? The guy with MJF. What's his name? Wardlow. Wardlow. Yeah. If they added him with those two. That would That's be, a nightmare. That would be awesome. I mean, that that is basically AEW's own version of S.H.I.E.L.D. right there. Right. With Moxley just basically playing himself. Uh -huh. But then he was, basically he would have his Seth Rollins type yeah. guy and Daniel And then Ryan. he'd have his heavy. And then he would have his heavy and Roman Reigns type guy with Wardlow. Yeah. I'd be sinister. That'd be sick, right? Mm. Be interesting. To say the least. Especially with the fact that he's wanting to get out on his own. Yeah. He does. I mean, and well, I I don't think he wants to be. I, I don't think his own. Own is, he, he wants, wants to be respected, yeah. and I think that if he was on, and with them, they might. Absolutely. You know, and not only that, but you're under, you're with two, you know, professionals that, that I would love to be under the wing of of John Moxley or a fly on the wall in that locker room with those two because. Mm -hmm. That's just crazy, man. Yes, sir. All right, next up, CBO Brandy Rhodes was in the ring with a mic. As Brandy began to speak, she was interrupted by Dan Lambert with Scorpio Sky and Ethan, uh, Ethan Page. Lambert, you, you can pretend the chief brand officer is a real title, but you can't pretend that you're not being booed out of the ring. I almost feel like the decent human being standing next to you. Brandy would reply, I don't know what you're laughing at, Ethan. Everyone knows... Uh, the only reason why you're here, or we are, we hired you, was to get Josh Alexander. 
Dan, things are going pretty good for you, but they're not great. Dan is a little telling. It's a little telling that your best uh, best fighter got knocked out by Jake Paul. You should spend a little less time in, at AEW, more time at American Top Team. Lambert would reply, Wow, all that charm and a quick wit as well. Cody is a lucky man. Don't you think it's time for your whole family goes heel? Brandy slapped Lambert right in the face. Lambert, I had a feeling you might be in a fighting mood tonight. Paige Van Zant walked out to the ring. She stormed right at Brandy Rhodes. The women's locker room emptied out, and Brandy and Paige had to be pulled apart. Yeah, man, that's starting a war right there. You don't mess with, with Cody Rhodes' wife at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the end of this. Probably not. So next up, we had a tag team grudge match. An interesting name because I thought this was going to be the House of Black, but it's actually they're the Knights of the Black Throne, Brody King and Malachi Black taking on Death Triangle, the Bastard Pock, and Penta L Zero Medio with Alex Abrehantes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the House of Black is no more. I guess not. It's or not. is it just like the House of Black with the tag team? Being called the Knights of the Black Throne? Yeah. I guess. Well, I guess we'll find out as this game continues on. Right. But I could have swore they were calling it the House of Black, but we'll find out, I guess, as it moves forward. But let's get to this grudge match. Pac was blindfolded as apparently his sight still not returned from when Black sprayed mist in, uh, at him. Black and Pac squared off in the ring. Pac seemingly blind. Pac ducked a clothesline from Black. And then Pac used kicks to the midsection and then to the side of Black's jaw. Uh, Pac removed his blindfold. Pac and Penta both flew over the top rope and landed on Black and King. Penta jumped off the top rope and used his boots to stomp onto Black. Pac tagged in, but Brody King hit Pac from behind with a massive sledge strike. Penta tagged in and served up sling blades to um, Black and King. He did ET Brody King. Malachi <clears throat> um, blasted Penta with a swift kick. Penta fired back, though, with a backstabber. Pac tagged in and traded forearms with Black. Malachi Black and uh, took Pac off his feet with kicks and then a sliding knee strike for a near fall on Pac. The bastard rallied back, though, with a released German suplex for a near fall. Brody King entered the fray and he and Pentas traded strikes. Penta jumped over the top rope and took out Brody King on the outside of the ring. He followed that up with a step over and landed Brody. Uh, and then Penta and Pac hit Black with thrust kicks. Pac was about to jump off the top rope when he was knocked down. Black uh, blinded Penta with a uh, black mist, and then Brody and Black finished off Penta with Dante's Inferno for the victory. Yeah, man, it's it's like this, man. When you've got when you've got a guy that's already down and out, there's no way you're gonna be able. I mean, I'm making a good match. Interesting. He's blind. Whatever. Blind. Mm-hmm. In right. quotation, right. he's blind. But. Uh, you know, if you've already got it set up that way, you kind of already know who's going to win the match just by the disadvantage. Right. And uh, AEW better watch out because if Malachi Black and this Brody, is it Brody King? Brody King, yes. And Brody King decide to go after the AEW Tag Team titles. Mm, yeah, I know, right? It's, it's going to get very interesting. Absolutely. Everybody better watch out if that happens. Yeah. There ain't going to be a tag team. What scares me is, like, are they going to, like, add to this House of Black? Is it going to become, like, a powerhouse in AEW? Because, honestly, 
I could see it, dude. Like, it reminds me of, like, The Undertaker and the Ministry type thing. The Ministry of Darkness? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, another stable. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> There's so Make many one stables. more that takes everybody out, takes all the other stables out. But the problem is we're probably having another one being made between... And Danielson and Moxley. Well, then there's that too, dude. There's too many stables. Too many stables. Huh? How can you have this many stables without not that many horses? Right? What the heck? I don't know. You get the cowboy still running around out there somewhere. <laughs> well, at least he's got his belt, though. Yeah, true. All right. They got, we got an Adam Cole um, backstage segment. Cole says he's still undefeated here in AEW, and his record still reflects that. Orange Cassidy didn't beat him. That was a fluke, and my record reflects that. And I still don't get the respect I deserve in AEW, and everybody is going to see a new side of Adam Cole. Because in two nights on Rampage, he's going to fight Evil Uno, and after he beats him, the entire world will know what I want. So wait a minute. You're going to make a statement by beating Evil Uno. That's what he said. Okay. Because he's Adam Cole. Because he's Adam Cole, baby. baby. I I don't really see what everyone sees in Adam Cole. I mean, he's a, he fits the profile of a wrestler. Yes. Mm. He's very athletic. Yes. But he's just got this face you'd love to punch. Like, seriously. Yeah. Um, I've never really cared for him. Not even when he was all the way back in Ring of Honor. I didn't see the big hype about him. And obviously, WWE didn't see the big hype about Adam Cole either because... He never made it to the main roster. Baby. Right. So... Yeah, that's... That's what happens. Ah, uh, so... And I watched that match between him and Orange Cassidy, and that was... You watched the very end of it. It was amazing, dude. Yeah. It was good. But he doesn't want to count it because since it was an unsanctioned match, it technically uh-huh. doesn't count. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's all on tape, dude. Right. It's all on video. We have video evidence of you sucking. Yep. <laughs> so you can sit there and say all you want, but making a statement against evil, no, come on, man. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like... Find somebody with more prestige to make a statement on, please. All right. I mean, Evil Owner is a big dude, but, I mean... Yeah. All right. You ready for the next one? Yeah. TBS title tournament rematch. The Native Beast, Nyla Rose, with Vicky Guerrero taking on Ruby Soho. Lars Fredrickson of Rancid was ringside to cheer on Ruby. And Ruby took the fight right to Nyla, but Nyla trucked through Ruby. Nyla would scoop slam Ruby. Uh, then Nyla did a sit-down splash, but Ruby managed to move out of the way. Uh, let's see here. Nyla then flattened Ruby with a Samoan drop. Nyla then suplexed Ruby for a near fall. Nyla bit down on Ruby's fingers until ref Aubrey Edwards admonished Nyla. Uh, and then Nyla chopped at Ruby's chest. Ruby fired back, though, with chops, but Nyla was able to rock uh, Ruby with a headbutt. Then, Ruby, uh, sorry, then Nyla hit a leg drop on Ruby for a near fall. Ruby ran off the ropes, but Nyla caught her with a Death Valley driver for a near fall on Ruby. Then so- Ruby Soho hoisted up Nyla and planted her on the edge of the ring. 
After uh, intervention from Vicky, Nyla answered with a spinebuster to Ruby onto the arena floor. Back in the ring, Nyla tried for the beast bomb, but Ruby connected with a uh, no future. Ruby was about to pin Nyla, but Vicky grabbed Nyla's boot and placed it on the bottom rope. Ruby went outside to confront Vicky, but Nyla grabbed Ruby by the hair and smashed her on the mat. Ruby and Nyla fought on the top turnbuckle. Nyla would smash Ruby with a senton and then pinned Ruby after the beast bomb. Mm. Uh, frustration sets in for Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, you and I have both heard the interviews she's had where she was talking about she feels like she was brought in just to be mm-hmm. like a, you know, a buffer for some of these younger talents, and right, and that's not what she wanted. She wanted to be able to be. At the top of her game in another company and be able to earn some respect. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they may have brought her in for just whatever reason. Right, basically fodder for others. Yeah. That's the unfortunateness of sometimes the business. I'm... Yeah, the business sometimes isn't that great to you, right? Yeah. Mm. You see yourself in one light, but somebody else sees you in another. Then there's that. Right. All right, so the Gun Club were backstage. They confronted Jungle Boy and then ambushed him. The Gun Club threw Jungle Boy outside the arena into a mound of snow. Then they ran off before Christian Cage could grab them. Oof. Trying to make more statements. So, they're, they're pretty much playing, like, the bully status on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been doing it for weeks. Eventually, it's going to blow up in their face. Right. Alright, so AEW World Champion Cowboy Adam Page was in the ring to be interviewed by uh, Tony Schiavone about his Texas death match next week on Dynamite against the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer. Let's get down to here so I can see it better. There we go. Page, 81 days I have been AEW World Champion and I've gotten to defend it twice. I begged and pleaded for a challenger and here I am three weeks later still waiting. Lance Archer wants our match next week to be a Texas death match. And to be quite honest, uh, to be quite honest with you, I really don't give a shit. It's blanked out, but we all know it's a shit. <laughs> I need I need it tonight. Lance, why don't you get your ass out here and let's give the people uh, give it to the people tonight. Dan Lambert and Jake the Snake Roberts would come out. Lambert would say, I'm surprised you didn't stay in Cleveland. Jake Roberts told Adam Page to shut up. Roberts, you see, I'm I'm sweating. I think it's fear. No, you see him sweating. I think it's fear. Page told them to shut up. The murder hawk monster, Lance Archer, charged at Page, but Page jumped out of the ring and onto Archer. Lance Archer chokeslammed Page onto the steel steps. Archer then smashed Page through the timekeeper table with a blackout. Archer would say, next Wednesday, everything changes, and I'm going to be the new AEW World Champion. Yeah, man, this is this is not good for him. Mm-hmm. As we know, the Texas was a Texas Texas death match. Death match. They're not good, dude. Terry Funk did them. Yeah, and anything goes in these matches, dude. They're not they're not for the faint of heart. We're probably gonna see some blood, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna be pretty before it's all said and done. And I I kind of feel bad for the cowboy because. It's going to be your biggest feat. If you can beat the murder hog, good luck. Right. 
Well, I mean, the best bet for him, though, it is the Texas Death Match because basically anything goes. Yeah. So that will help him. It'll, it'll be an advantage, but it'll be an advantage for uh, Lance, Archer, Lance too. Archer, too. I'm just saying, though, but <laughs> your, your, his best advantage would obviously be a regular match where a disqualification keeps him as champion. Yeah. All right, so main event time for the first time ever. CM Punk takes on MJF. The arena chanted for CM Punk. MJF, though, would use a cheap shot on CM Punk. Punk fired back with elbow strikes. Punk kicked MJF's outer thigh and then his chest. Outside the ring, Punk and MJF brawled. MJF ran away from Punk, walking up the arena steps. But Punk chased after him, and then Punk scoop-slammed MJF twice. And then Punk would hit another slam. Punk climbed to the top turnbuckle, but MJF would roll out of the way. Punk charged at MJF, and MJF would move, and Punk collided with the ring post with his arm. On the timekeeper table, MJF dropped a knee onto Punk's wrist. Back in the ring, MJF uh, continued to work over CM Punk's wrist and arm. Punk shoved MJF, MJF off the turnbuckles and then hit a flying crossbody block on MJF. Punk nailed MJF with a neckbreaker and followed up with a running knee strike. Punk smacked uh, Max with a running bulldog and then signaled for the GTS. MJF, though, would roll out onto the apron to try to create some distance. Punk body slammed MJF onto the ring apron. Sam Punk uh, climbed to the top rope, but MJF hit the ropes, knocking Punk down. MJF grabbed Punk's arm and flipped him over the, flipped him over and down onto the mat. Uh, Punk rallied back, though, with a Pepsi twist on MJF. Max grabbed the uh, ref Bryce Remsburg and used him as a shield. When Bryce was distracted, MJF grabbed uh, wrist tape and started choking out Punk with the tape, unbeknownst to the referee. The ref lifted CM Punk's arm three times, and all three times Punk's hand hit the canvas. Punk was unresponsive. The ref awarded the match to MJF. When the ref lifted MJF's arm, MJF dropped the tape, and the ref saw it. The ref ordered the match to restart. So CM Punk then jumped at MJF with a lariat. Punk tried to tie up MJF's legs, but MJF pushed off and sent Punk flying to the outside of the ring to the arena floor. Punk tried to get back into the ring, and MJF went for the heat seeker. Punk shoved MJF across the ring. Punk followed that up with a springboard clothesline. Punk sent MJF over the barricade after a topa suicida. Punk then tweaked his uh, knee on the way down. Punk hobbled to, into the ring, and MJF, like a shark smelling blood in the water, stomped on Punk's leg. Punk locked, uh, locked an STF on MJF, but... Had to abandon ship when he couldn't put pressure on his wrist. Punk hoisted up MGF and tried for GTS, but Punk's leg gave out under the weight of MGF. MGF used his inside cradle, but Punk would manage to kick out. MGF applied an ankle lump on Punk, but Punk inked his leg and sent MGF crashing to the turnbuckles. Uh, MGF kicked Punk in the kneecap. Punk then caught MGF's leg, but MGF thumbed um, Punk in the eyes. Punk then nailed managed to nail MGF though with a reverse Rana. MGF was searching for the salt of the earth, but Punk shoved him away. MGF uh, chopped block CM Punk. Um, then he flattened Punk with a pump handle suplex for a near fall. As ref Brian Remsburg was out of position, MGF hit a low blow on Punk for another near fall. MGF pulled CM Punk into the ring post and began to slam Punk's leg into the post. Punk would, was able to pop up on, the, on one good leg and hit a leg lariat on MGF. MJF bit on Punk's forehead. MJF hoisted 
uh, Punk up onto his top turnbuckle. Punk took a bite of his own on the MJF, and then Punk nailed MJF with a Pepsi plunge. MJF would roll out uh, out of the way onto the arena floor, though, and then MJF tried to grab Punk with a tombstone pile driver, but Punk managed to reverse it. MJF escaped, uh, but Punk connected with a roundhouse kick. Punk climbed to the top rope and dropped an elbow for a near fall onto MJF. Wardlow came out through the tunnel on and onto the ramp. Wardlow stepped over MJF and got eye-to-eye with CM Punk. Wardlow stepped aside. Punk pushed M- MJF into the ring. CM Punk didn't want to turn his eyes away from uh, Wardlow. MJF pulled out the dynamite ring from his trunks and KO'd Punk with it. And MJF would pin CM Punk, giving Punk his first loss in AEW. This is dumb, dude. This is stupid. Um, Warlow, come on, dude. You know you don't care for MJF. You don't like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Why still be his puppet? Why? Like, no what idea. are you waiting for, dude? That would that would have been your best bet, best chance to actually take him out. And I thought that's what was gonna happen. I thought mm-hmm. for sure that this was gonna be the match that Warlow was gonna come out. Mm-hmm. And screw MJF over for it. Right. Sure seemed like that at one point, but unfortunately not to be the case. And, you know, you can't blame CM Punk for trying to keep an eye on Wardlow because you never know what Wardlow's going to do. And unfortunately that was too much of a distraction and cost him that match. And of course, you know how MJF's going to play this, of course. He had to beat CM Punk twice, so Punk should have two losses because he cheated for the first one. The ref made him restart the match, and then he beat him again. Yeah. You know that's MJ, yes. That's what he's going to say. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a smart-ass fella. I beat him twice. <laughs> so. All right. There should be two losses on there. Yep. But, uh, so. And it, a good week of wrestling from AEW. Uh, Very good least. week. So, I uh, can't wait to see what happens moving forward. We've got a lot of interesting concepts going on, interesting storylines being created for us. So, it's definitely going to be fun and entertaining. Oh, yeah, man. I can't wait to see what goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about the whole John Moxley, Brian Danielson thing. Mm-hmm. And then the gun show. That's going to be cool to watch, too. Yes, sir. So, I mean, this is some interesting stuff. And, uh, I mean, I can't wait to see that, that uh, Texas death match. Death match. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a good match. It is. All right, so that will do it for us with uh, AEW. Excuse me, talk. We're going to be back with WWE talk tomorrow as we recap the Rumble as WWE gets on the road to WrestleMania. I can't wait, dude. It's going to be fun, man. Yes, sir. And then, of course, we'll bring you some more baseball basketball talk later on this week. And, of course, we have some NASCAR and football talk this week as we'll preview the Super Bowl and, of course, recap the Clash in Los Angeles. Oh, yes. And we'll be watching that Clash, baby. What's (laughs) up? That's right. So... That will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep Keep on on talking talking sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sportstalk, W I T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. 
Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.